0: One nine. Okay, all together. For they themselves report concerning us what kind of entrance we had toward you and how you turned to God from the idols to serve a living and true God. Let's read this one more time. First Thessalonians one nine. For they themselves report concerning us what kind of entrance we have for you and how you turn to God from the idols to serve a living and true God. Amen. Okay, we'll go on to the second verse. 1 Peter 2.25 1 Peter 2.25 For you were like sheep being led astray. But you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Amen. Amen.
1: In this session, we'll start by spending some time to cover outline number two. The person living and responsibility of the parents. This this session, um, in the fellowship that the brothers had leading up to uh, the conference time, uh, this session and the next session, this evening, is intended to focus on the matter of shepherding young people. Of course, <clears throat> we all realize um, we're talking about children and young people, but it's hard to say uh, when, when, when do we start talking about young people, at what age, because they're all children, so in a sense it's one, just one thing, and actually Brother Lee did present this to us in this way. <clears throat> In our talk in the churches in these past years, even maybe decades, we often use this phrase, uh, the quote unquote pipeline. Maybe you've heard us talk about this or some brothers talk about this, the pipeline. And this is talking about our labor with children, um, even from birth, uh, through their infancy, they're being toddlers. Pre-K, school age, elementary, then through junior high, high school. Uh, then then we also talk about the college campus work. But um, in the college campus work, are they not still your children? If they were raised among us, those are still our children. Right. Yeah. So it's actually a continuation of the children's work. Of course, now we want to gain the other 50%. You know, and that's a, the the when Brother Lee talked about the the campus work. Do you know that he he in some places he talked about the elementary school, junior high school, high school, and college campuses? When we talk about campus work today, oh, I'd say ninety nine percent in the minds of the saints, it's just the university campuses. But his thought is, he actually called it the student work. Student work, and are not kindergartners students? So actually, you could have a you could have a student work that includes kinder through five, six through eight. I I believe here, at least in some places, it's like New York City, where grade six is no longer part of elementary school. Grade six is attached to junior high and now called middle school. And so, uh, uh, anyway, we're, we just, just last Saturday, we officially made this shift in our children's work and our young people's work. That, that And today, I, I, you are, let's see, it is uh, 11 here, so it's 12 in New York City. As we, as we speak here, my heart is partially there <laughs> because today, right now, we're gathering our 5th and 6th grade children from the whole city. You know, we have eight meeting halls. And, and, and since we spread to these eight halls, and let's see, we're in 2019. In 2017, we opened up four new halls. And so we're in different parts of the city. And it's all very positive, and we get the wow all the time. Sorry, I didn't say that to get that. But people, oh, you know, like this. Oh, wow. Yeah, everything nearly good, nearly. The spreading and a possibility for more saints to function, bear responsibility, gospel opportunities, all that has been marvelous. But, and, and we paid attention to the matter of the children and the young people. Because we, we, we learn lessons from other places. When you spread too quickly, sometimes there's been neglect. And there's been some loss. And we paid attention, but we still suffered loss. Wow. We still suffered loss. And so, so we realized we, we need to reevaluate the situation. And part of our reevaluation is to make the switch to concentrate on our fifth graders and prepare them for middle school in a better way. And also to blend them more. To have citywide meetings, which for you would be Metroplex gatherings right? Because our, you know, we, uh, our locality, it's a little bigger, and, and it's, it's kind of like the same thing. Eight, eight halls are almost like eight local churches, you know? But so we have this blending, and today is the first of three for this semester. So we have, we have uh, let's see, we have uh, 33 fifth graders and 29 sixth graders, and so they were all invited to this event. From 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., just to be together, get to know each other, because actually among them, we've gotten many new families. In one hall, we did, we, we made a big mistake. We, re, we regret. Hall number three in, in, in New York. For the first few years, we had no children's meeting there. And the rationale was this. Oh, it's so close to hall one. So if you have any new ones that have children, send, you know, send them to hall one. And we were renting a facility like, tai, like Taipei, that is, just a room in a, in a hotel. And so we didn't have adequate place to take care of them. But then we realized, no, we can't do that. We need to, we need to start the children's work. So we started the children's work. Within two months, we had 50 children. That's wow.
0: Yeah.
1: And the meeting attendance in Hall 3 went from 175 to 225 in two months, just because of the children, just because of the children, so that kind of forced us now, we had to split that hall into two halls, but in splitting the halls, you know what happened, we we split up friendships, because the kids were used to being together, now on the Lord's Day they don't see each other, so we need the blending times, for the children to be together. So, at the break time, I, I got a picture. One of the brothers sent me a picture of the children gathered there. So sorry, my heart is partially there. It's <laughs> partially there. I wish I could be there, play with the kids. Oh, the junior hires. This will be our new junior high class. You're welcome to come and join us yeah. to help. This will be our junior. We're aiming toward, we're aiming toward this, this coming uh, August when we have our true school. That this will be our incoming class of sixth and seventh graders. These will be our new middle school kids, sixty two of them, newly saved and baptized. Amen. Yeah. So anyway, we need to reevaluate our 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 work all constantly to make sure to make sure that by the even it doesn't seem like it's the enemy's attack, it's by the churches going on by our neglect. Something could happen, and the enemy could come in, and we have loss when actually we did something for gain. So we have to be, we have to be on guard. Now, um, come back to my line of thought. Pipeline, we talked about pipeline. But actually, when Brother Lee presented this, he used the word, one piece One piece. Maybe you never heard this. Yeah. Did I spell it right? Right? I-E? I-E. Yeah, not, you know, piece. A piece, a piece. One piece. Like a piece of a puzzle, yes, a piece. He said, the work with the elementary school The junior high and high school, and the college campus work are all related together as one piece. That was his sentence. This is in the Collected Works, 1983. Now, I heard the spoken message. He said this in the translation. And now, you know, the, the collected works just came out. It, it actually says one work. The brothers thought that might make it clearer, because he didn't elaborate on this. But I'd like to elaborate on this, because this is what he said, one piece. You know, when you have the so-called pipeline, that uh, our realization, uh, all the brothers realize this, between, I think we talked about this yesterday, between a child in elementary school growing up among us in the children's meeting. Now they get saved and baptized. Now they go to the young people's meeting. That's a transition. And many of them like that jump. Some of them have a difficult time. So that's like putting two pieces of, two pipes together. And then we're, you know, we realize that's the place where you could have the most loss. So we pay attention to that. Okay, but how about if it was just never two pieces? How about if it was just one piece? Then you don't risk anything. So those who are serving the young people, saints, you should get to know the children. Just get to know the children. Know their names beforehand. Know them when they're in fourth grade. Say, hey, you're in fourth grade. Two more years. You're going to be with me. Can't wait. Don't you think after they got baptized and then they go to the meeting, you're there. It's different. It's different. Because just because you're there, and we tried to do this, we exercised, and not hundred percent. And one person can't do it all. But I, we we tried this. I would like to when I when 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 I knew. It, It's been years since I served the junior high, seventh graders, but I did. And I served, you know, I, I had two periods of time. I did this purposely. I served one group from seventh grade to twelfth grade. And I stayed with them all the way through. We used to have classes on the Lord's Day morning. I'll talk more about this tonight. Classes on the Lord's Day morning by grade level. And I had this one group and I followed them because I was... Actually, forgive me if you were in that group. I was studying you. (laughs) I was studying just young people. How do they change? Not just Christian young people, our young people, just young people. And I have to say, especially to the brothers and sisters who are serving young people, especially if you have young children, I I, I meant to testify this yesterday when we met with some of the brothers. It has been a great benefit to me to serve the young people and then have young children. And then I I applied what I learned serving young people to my children. And opposite, too. But we talked about the standards thing before, right? We talked about standards. You know, it's very interesting. When a new one comes to our meeting, especially in the campus work, and I mean college campus so you get a new one, and they, you know, nothing against earrings or whatever, but it's just a guy, and it's got an earring, or his, you know, her hair is purple. You don't care. They're a new one. And they're like, come on in. And this one brings his girlfriend. You're like, more the better. <laughs> now you're having a young people's meeting. And one of our kids, purple. You're like,
0: oh, Lord Jesus.
1: Where did we go wrong? They put one little thing there. And we're like, oh, oh, Lord. We have different standards. And I'm not saying that just anything goes. No, of course I'm not saying that. And you understand that I'm not saying that but we react differently to our our own children and the church children and that is manifested and that has created a culture and some of them reject it. And we didn't realize we pushed them away just by our little reaction, little facial Facial contortions. Or what Brother Lee says in that little booklet, How to Lead the Young People, he says, we purse our lips. Did you, did you read that? Yeah. We... <laughs> just, just a little. And with, without realizing, actually, it, it, the head has to do something. When the lips purse like this, Somehow, it's like connected. Purse, and you just. Have you never pursed? uh, This is not even terminology for me. But have you never pursed your lips at young people? Like. In the church. And from that family. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we, we were really, Tom and I were companions for a long time. We were in high school about the same, actually I might be Tim's age, yeah. growing up in the church life with, with parents absolutely consecrated to the Lord. I, I would imagine, and you're the same cousins over there that there were no, I could imagine standards projected on you by the saints and if one little slip oh could you imagine the little children That their name is little
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't mean the little children just in case some of you didn't know, so I could. And you know, that standard was not projected on me, because I came into the recovery. So we were different in that way. We got teamed up, but it was projected on my children, because things happen. And my son was not an angel. He's still not. But there were times when saints would come, oh, brother Ricky. So surprised that your son, and you know, we have to be one with the serving seats. So I said, Thank you for telling me. And I deal with my son, you have to respect the authority. But I have to be honest with you, in my heart, I asked, Why? Why are you surprised that my son? And why are you more surprised <laughs> when my son does it? Don't you know, children? Don't you know humanity? Don't you know human nature? So you are limited in how much you will be able to serve these children. But I never told them. That. We have to be one. But why? why do we have project standards? Unfair standards? A lot of those things, the hearing, the color, the things, uh, the, those are phases. Just ride along with them. They'll be gone soon, many of them. There are other things. Yes, I know. We'll talk tonight. There are other things, more serious. But most of the things are just phases. If you can ride out the roller coaster, get to the end of the ride, they'll be on your team. They'll even follow you. Look at them. They're their they're, they're dads. They're their dads. Another generation. Those are the patterns. Those are the patterns, actually, I have to say. Those are the patterns I had when I was growing up. Watching their parents. With homes. Strict and loving at the same time. And inspired. I got inspired. Inspired. And I can say this because it's not about you. I'm not praising you, but I am praising your parents. Because they, they were in New York when I was a teenager. And I saw, I, I actually have to tell you, Joe, I never saw a family more strict than your family. And more loving. I said, what is this? I was 15. And I could read it. You know, we had we had in those days after the meeting we always wanted to be in Saints we had, after meetings. We were in people's houses. Maria, remember? In people's houses. We just the young people just live we didn't want to go home. We just were in each other's homes and, and their home was one of the homes that we wanted to be in. I have five, right? There are five of you? Five kids. Actually I used to babysit. Him and his older siblings, not not Joanna. But I, I saw that strict yet loving. I thought, how did how did she do that? So I studied. I studied this family <laughs> because because I did I didn't see that I didn't see that in my grow my my parents loved. Us. I mean, they loved us. But my father's not a believer, so I didn't have that kind of role model. Brother John was my role model. And I said, that's what I want for my family. We have families like that in the church life. That can be our patterns. Oh, there you are. The brother's there. We spent time with him. I, I got invited to their birthday parties when we were in high school. Strict but loving. And then they all, they all follow in these families. They all follow loving the Lord. And there are other families like this among us. Learn the principles. But one big thing is this, saints, I do believe from my study, is mm, our standards. Our standards. To be receiving... So that according to First Thessalonians, we can have an entrance into people's hearts. An entrance. Paul, Paul said, right, what manner of entrance? You know. He's, he was calling on their conscience. You know what kind of entrance we had towards you. When he said this to them, I, I feel like probably they had a very kind of warm, like, yeah, Paul, you could tell us anything. Because you had an entrance. And that's what we want. For all of our second generation. And and we have to realize. We have to realize. Again, one piece. So they're always our children. So they're growing up. That when they're little children. And you get to know their name. And you're sowing seeds. As we talked about before. You're sowing seeds. So that when they're teenagers. You can have an entrance into their heart. And there are times when you will not have an entrance with your own child. And you just accept that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's quite common. At least for a period of time. But I told you before, I had brothers. I tell you, there were f- at least four, maybe five brothers who took care of my son. And I can say before the Lord, I wasn't jealous I was happy that they were there. I was happy that they were there at the right time, particularly one. And then, certain time, it's like he was open to me and we've been close ever since. And they're still there. They're still there, the other brothers. But our relationship, my relationship, not threatened. But but you know what? I don't I can't say that my daughters had the same support. All the years in the church life, I can't say, among our sisters, not quite the same. Brothers, yes. One brother, actually, I think a number of you know him. He's 80 80 now. So he's older. Oh, he's a a grandpa. He would call my son. He would call my son to have morning watch. My son doesn't get up for morning watch. (laughs) It was when cell phones were just, you know, so by that time he was in his 60s, you know. And so he would leave a message on the phone pray-reading a verse for however the limit was of the message. Two and a half minutes. He'd just pray-read the verse there and leave it for him so that when he answered the phone, the pray-reading of the verse would be on the thing. So my son would hear the, the, the ring. See, oh, this brother so-and-so. But later he'd listen, and there he was. I tell you, till today, he loves that brother so much. All the young people in New York love Brother So and so. Because they all know his heart. He's not a message speaker. I think we pushed him once or twice to give a message in a conference. He's not a message speaker. He speaks too long. When he speaks, he speaks too long. <laughs> but everybody loves him. Everybody loves him so much. Because of his heart, he has an entrance. To nearly every young person, wow. we need brothers like that yes. to come up alongside. Amen. But we do our best. We do our best. I'm not saying we never have an entrance with our children. Surely, we we have. Surely we have. How about let's come to the uh, the outline? Let's read Roman one together and alternate the other points. Roman one. God pays more attention
0: what we are what we do we can do. He cares the person we are and for the kind of life we
1: live. Brothers, A, please. In the church,
0: person. The person is and the person is the Lord's
1: word. And this is why, saints, even with the examples that we give... <clears throat> We do, we do so with a little trepidation. And forgive me for speaking too personally. Um, actually, maybe saying too much about my son or my family.
0: <clears throat>
1: because it, it, it's not the things we did. It's not certain ways. So you could hear some things, you think, hey, that sounds good. And then you try it, and... It flops because we all need to be before the Lord. Because your son is not my son. So he, he won't respond in the same way to the same things. And we all need to be before the Lord. So we're not trying to pass on ways here. We're just trying to pass on principles from the word and from our learning. And in many cases, from our mistakes. that What we've learned. Sisters be please. <clears throat> Let's go to uh, Roman two. Together. Could you imagine we would have such a sentence in a fellowship on raising children? We're the God. We're God. We need to have a God-man living. Uh, in Rome, in point two, little, little point two, there it says, if all of today's Christians realize that they are God in life and in nature, the whole world would be different. When we think of ourselves as God-men, this thinking, this realization revolutionizes us in our daily experience. Then it goes to the married life. We need to have a God-man living in our married life. Okay, let's, let's read these two points, one and two. Brothers, please read one. are at home. It's just what we do. We, we let our guard down. And we are very real. And that's home. You should be. That's You feel relaxed. You feel genuine. But that doesn't give the license not to deny the self. So when we're around the table or we're just at at home in the kitchen, and the children are, are saints. I would say, especially, be careful of our of our words, and especially of our speaking concerning the saints, or concerning the church, in a not hundred percent positive way. Please be careful. If you feel the need to do that, please do it behind closed doors. But understand that most closed doors are not soundproof. (laughs) And so, when the brother says to the wife, who was serving with the children on the way home, any announcements today, and he says, oh, there's a conference next week, and she wants to say... Another conference. Don't these brothers realize we have a life? When are we supposed to do laundry and all these things? There might be something, as she opens her mouth, that just has a feeling. Don't say that. Just stop. And if the dear sister takes the grace, says, Amen, Lord. Amen, Lord. And rather ask, are we taking hospitality? (laughs) You know what you've done? You've just sown a little seed to those two little souls in the back seat. Because you denied yourself. So, this is what Paul was talking about, although we might think of it in, in that it's beyond our experience, it's not. It is death in me, but life in you. Amen. That's the cross. And the cross comes, or we have opportunities for, to experience the cross at home, speaking to our spouse probably more than in any other environment in our entire life. Point two, sisters. words for a message or a ministry book. Brother Lee's burden was our daily life, especially at home. Our what? Attitude, spirit, intention must be purified. Have you never been on the phone? having fellowship? Amen. And then the little child comes in. Daddy, 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 daddy. Said, so, What? With the. Or that should be. What? <laughs> Can't you see? And then, Dear! And she's in the other room. What? You are a son and fellowship. I'm shepherding someone So they go and you're Amen, yes. Yeah. Never and not only a seed is being sown but often enough, don't you think the little child figures out that that face, that expression, only two people have the privilege <laughs> of ever seeing that face. Mommy and me. Brother Bill never sees that face, not for me. Brother Paul never, ever saw that face For me. But my wife, it's like you turn into the Hulk. <laughs> Some saints might not know that reference. Sorry, I'm sorry. The big green. <sighs> but only only at home. And then, later we wonder, why aren't our children... Why is the church life doesn't mean the same to them as it means to us? It could be. This is not the only reason, but these are seeds along the way. Attitude, or you're in your study, brothers. You're you're reading. You're you know. We we put a lot of requirement on our district brothers, responsible brothers. Brothers, you got to read the elders training. Brothers, you got to read the ministry reading. Brothers, you got to be ready. So, you're being a good brother and you're and then in the middle of this, your wife calls you, "Time to eat!" Or just calls your name and you're like,
0: "What?" "What?"
1: It's just the attitude. Or you might just say, "Fine." I'll be there in a minute. You're reading the ministry. Is there not enough supply? So just one little thank you, dear. But right away. Sorry, maybe your household's different. (laughs) Blessed are you. (laughs) If that's the case. But we answer our children and our spouse very differently. Our family members. Or if you're in the sister's house. Or in your brother's house. The ones closest to us. There's very little denying of the, of the self. And that's what the children see. And when they're in the young people's meeting or the children's meeting, they only see this... I was gonna say facade, it's not a facade. We're 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 genuine. But it could be that they interpret this as a facade. And then when mommy or daddy stands up and prophesies in the ring, oh praise the Lord for this. So, it's a little question mark. So Saints when we talk about God man living That's actually what we're talking about. But for this, take the whole point, purified by the life-giving, compound, all-inclusive spirit. We do have the supply to live such a life. Don't think it's beyond us. Don't think it's beyond us. And all of us, no matter what our lives are like, can have a new beginning. We all can have a new beginning. It's not like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that anymore. I'm going to go try my best after this meeting. Watch me. Today I'm going to be a great husband. Sisters will appreciate that, but it'll run If not by tomorrow, by Wednesday. We're all the same. We're not talking about that. We're talking about experiencing the mingled spirit. We're talking about applying the all-inclusive compound spirit with the myrrh and the cinnamon Amen. along with the calamus and the cassia to, to bring us the death of Christ, to bring resurrection into our family life. Amen. That's what we're talking about. And He's the wonderful spirit in us and He will guide us into this reality if we, just a little cooperation, a little, a little, when you're there at your desk and you're reading and your wife calls, a little, oh, Lord Jesus. Just one, Psh! Oh, and the, the air is out of the balloon. And instead of, saying, instead of saying, thank you, dear, I'll be there in a minute. And it's never a minute. It's, it's like, oh, if you show your face, your wife will be, oh, we're not actually ready yet. <laughs> I just got used to you always waiting ten minutes that I said it now because I conditioned you. You know, wives do that. They know they know how to Yeah. They learned. So you'll surprise them with a Godman greeting and then maybe even a thank you after dinner. Sisters don't expect too much though. Sorry. <laughs> Roman 3, apart, apart from the book of the Proverbs, the Old Testament does not seem to give us much teaching concerning parenting, but there are some good examples. And this is the point I was talking about last night. Here we have Adam and Eve, Abel, Noah, point C, continues with Moses. We covered many of these points last night. Roman four it says the New Testament pays much attention to teachings um, for parents and does not pay that much attention to teachings about being children. Both Ephesians six and Colossians three put more emphasis on the parents than on the children. We read point five before. We must realize that the Christian life is a life of sowing. Everything we do is some kind of sowing, either to the flesh or to the Spirit. Point six is very important. Please let's read together. God's beginning principle is that a father must live a life that is a pattern, and example to his children. Nevertheless, we must realize that the way our children turn out ultimately depends on the Lord's mercy. Therefore, We must do our duty to live a proper life as an example to our children, but we should not be discouraged or proud, not be discouraged or proud because of how our children turn out. Jacob and Esau were twins, but Romans 9 shows that their destiny depended on God's selection. The best and most proper way to be parents is to live as an example to our children and pray for the Lord's mercy. If our living establishes a proper standard, we are not liable if our children behave badly. However, if we do not live as a pattern, our children's bad behavior is our responsibility. In order to be a good example, we must love the Lord and his word, deal with sins, hate the self, learn the lessons of the cross. This will be an example not only to our children, but also to all the saints. Saints, I hope that we can apply all these things in a prayerful way in our family life. I would like for us to read from the book of Luke. The final chapter. Luke 24. Now we're going to focus more on this matter we go till 1215, brothers, right? 1215. We're focused on this matter of the shepherding of the young people. And here, I'm being more specific of the teenagers. <clears throat> and I think, I think this applies when I say, really, when I say young people, maybe broader than teenage, I do mean from the sixth graders all the way through the college students. And I would say even the young, the young adults. to me, there are two examples of the Lord's shepherding (coughs) that um, more than any other portions show us how to have an entrance with people. It's not the Lord's teaching. It's the Lord's pattern. The Lord's example. And they are the final two chapters of Luke and John. So Luke 24, we'll read some verses here. Tonight, we'll touch upon John 21. Actually, uh, Luke, what happens in, in Luke, this is on the day of the Lord's resurrection the day of the lord's resurrection probably late morning to afternoon you know that in john 20 okay john 20 not the final chapter that i will talk about tonight in john 20 is one of the most important chapters in the bible this is also the day of the lord's resurrection john's john's version And John presents what happened in the evening. The Lord comes. Peace be to you. They're in the upper room, nervous. And he breathes on them. And the church is born. At that moment. Right? He comes into them as the Spirit. Okay. Luke covers the hours before that. What is happening? You probably know this story. There are two brothers who they hear the reports that Jesus got resurrected. The sisters, early in the morning, they, they went to the tomb to anoint the body, wondering who's going to remove the stone. And then they get there, stone's removed, and
0: body's gone!
1: Then the angel appears to them. Oh, they're confused. Then Mary she remains behind and then she she's weeping there you know we see that in John uh, oh she thinks this this man is the gardener this, what have you done? where have you taken him? and then and then' Mary and then he oh, and then she comes and, and he says don't touch me I have not yet ascended to the father and course, then she goes and reports and and, and Peter and John they race to the tomb he's not there so they go back and testify and, and partly it's re- kind of rejoicing but very confusing it's a very confusing few hours for them I, again as I mentioned last night sometimes we read the Bible and we just we don't think about what did they actually feel for those few out, what were they thinking? Did you? Are you sure? Was it the Lord? Was it the Lord, Mary? You might be seeing things. Anyway, these two brothers. Verse thirteen. And behold, two of them were going on the same day to a village named Emmaus, which was sixty stadia away from Jerusalem. You know, by the end—not by the end of the story, by by around verse. Uh, twenty eight but by verse twenty eight they reach their destination, or at least to it they, they reach a point where there's a crossroads and they they're you know do you know what sixty state is? It says it in the note seven miles so these two brothers, how long does it take to walk seven miles they and they were not you know they were sad, you know when you're sad, you walk slower. They were just. And then what happens? You know, they should not have left. Where should they have been? In the upper room. Because that night, there was a meeting. They didn't know there was going to be a meeting, but that night, the Lord was coming to do the most, like, the second most amazing thing ever. First was the crucifixion. He accomplished redemption. Now is the resurrection, and this is like the second part of the resurrection, to get into them. He wanted them there that night. They're walking away seven miles. And where's Jesus? Walking with them. And they were talking to each other 14 concerning all these things which had occurred. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. First first point in shepherding people. Don't let them recognize you. Don't come as Jesus. Hi, I'm coming to shepherd you. Yeah, don't do that. You know, some, some, some young people, they see us coming, they, 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 go the, they go the other way. They go the other way. They'll cross the street, they'll, sh- yeah, I did that too. Yeah. They don't want any part of you. But Jesus, and, he, and he, it wasn't that they're walking and he was waiting for them. He was, he was walking in the same direction. So you could say, he was going the wrong way. (laughs) And he said to them, what are these words which you are exchanging with one another while you are walking? And they stood still looking sad. You know, he asked a question. And I, 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 I like to tell the saints, whenever Jesus or God asks a question in the Bible... You know, he already knows the answer. <laughs> and so technically speaking, a God shouldn't, God should never have to ask a question. So whenever God asks a question, it has a purpose. And that is to the askee, not the asker, for the benefit of the person he's talking Like when he said, Adam, where are you? It's not like, hmm. Where did I leave Adam? (laughs) He said that to touch Adam's conscience, to hear the voice. So he had this purpose. So this is the second point. How to shepherd people? Ask proper questions. And the proper question is not... Did you read the Bible today? Did you go to the meeting? Are you going to the conference? Not these kind of questions. Ask about what they're talking about. What, what are these words that you're exchanging? And one of them, 18, Cleopas, by name, answered and said, Please, not only read this, please try to pick up the tone in which he said this. Do you alone dwell as a stranger in Jerusalem and not know the things which have taken place in it in these these days? It's like, where are you from? (laughs) A little, you know, condescending. And what does Jesus say? He said to them, "Uh, what things? So Jesus played along. This is our God. This is like God. Knows everything. Before you say it, he knows it. But he's just... Talk to me, talk to me. He just wants you to talk. What kind of God is
0: this? Amazing.
1: What kind of God? This kind of God. He's the shepherd of our soul. We have to learn how to do that. So, so then they said to him, the things concerning Jesus, the Nazarene, and so on. and But then we were hoping in verse 21, he was the one who would redeem Israel. 22, moreover, the women, they were amazed and this and that. And, and, and then it goes on, 25, finally, finally, he says, and he said to them, Oh, foolish and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? You know, later, when they were in the house and he manifests himself to them, you know, when, when, and still they didn't recognize him, but, When they, he broke the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke it. Mm -hmm. Jesus! And then he disappears. What do they say? Were not our hearts burning? We have a songwriter. Did not our hearts burn? Well, he spoke those words. Which means, which means what? What verse is that that they that they said that, 32. They said to each other, was not our heart burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was opening to us the scriptures? What does that mean? That means that as he was speaking the things of the word of the Old Testament, their hearts were warmed. You know, before something becomes burning, it has to warm up. So there were some words... At first, they were like, oh. But then, at the right time, he spoke. And he applied the words. And they started to receive. But 28, I love, I love this verse. And they drew near to the village where they were going. And he, what? If that were not in the Bible, it would almost seem <laughs> blasphemous to say. He acted as though he would go further. So I don't know. Again, a little sanctified imagination for a moment. But they would, they would say, "Oh, we're, we're, this is our place here." You go. Oh, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, I'm going. I, I'm, I'm going. They go. No. But right, it says, it says, they constrained him saying, Stay with us. Maybe he said something like, Oh, no, it's okay. I, I wouldn't want to impose. They go, No, please, it's not imposing at all. Please come with us. I don't know. Where was he going? Where did he want to go? Did he want to go with them? He was pretending. <laughs> you want to gain a junior higher? You just pretend sometimes. Pretend to go along. Pretend to be interested in what they're interested. That little booklet, How to Lead the Young People. The first point is be interested in their things. There are a lot of things I'm just not interested. Pretend. Take the God-man pretender. Take, take the one who would take the cross. To just go along in something you're not that interested in. But just be into it for a little bit to open their heart. That's what Jesus... That's the example that we have. It says He acted as if He would go for... He wanted to go into that house. He wanted to reveal Himself to them. He wanted them back in the upper room. He got it all. How? Step at a time. Seven miles later. If it was me, I would have done the Balaam way. You know Balaam, with the donkey. You'd be there with the fire. The, you know the Balaam and Balaam's donkey, and then the donkey sees the, you know, angel with the flaming sword, and then tries to get away. You know the story, right? And then Balaam starts hitting the donkey. And then the donkey says, why are you hitting me? And that's not the miracle. The miracle is that Balaam answers back. (laughs) Balaam's like, ah! The donkey's talking. No, Balaam starts conversing with the donkey. That's the real miracle in the story. And so, and so, oh, and then the angel, you know, says, oh, your donkey saved you. Yeah, I would have been there like that. And that's how we are with the junior hires, with the young people sometimes. Where are you going? get back to that meeting. And again, saints, there are times, you know, you've got to send them back to the meeting. Please, don't misunderstand. But what's the attitude? Can we walk with them just a little bit in order to get them to come back? We've made many mistakes, but we've also learned some lessons. And in the Lord, this is, this is our God-man. And it isn't, isn't it interesting that we only see this in the book of Luke?
0: Yeah.
1: When we talk about the humanity of Jesus, this is part of the humanity of Jesus. And he knew how to reach people's hearts. Maybe we'll stop here. Continue this evening. Amen. Is there still a little time for some sharings? Amen. I always think it's good to pray, though, before we have some sharings. So how about we take a minute or so with some around us.